0: Welcome back, guys. Top Benz podcast. Uh, today, a very special guest. One of my former teammates, one of my best friends. Um, he's from across the pond, he's from Reading, England. Uh, absolute monster in the goal. Played with him at IEPUI. He's had a great two years um, at IEPUI in the Horizon League. Um, very smart guy. Been on academic uh, honors for the Horizon League. Great guy overall. I'm here with Quinn McCallion. Quinn, welcome on to Top Benz. My brother
1: brother thank you for having me on here
0: absolutely absolutely so all right quinn you're from Reading, england give a brief like tell the people how it was growing up in england playing footy every day becoming a goalie give us a little background on how you started your soccer career
1: yeah so i started off when i was about the age of eight bugging my parents to try and get me involved in a local team um near it soon enough they uh, eventually gave in it was the local village team managed to get onto that as a uh, outfielder for one of the b teams and then a goalkeeper for the a team and then soon enough i uh, stopped playing for the b team outfield and went full-time in the a in the a team in goal and within about a year of playing grassroots is what they call it in england um the academy came knocking and were asking for trials and everything. But more than anything, it's just growing up playing football on the streets, you know, where, where kids play basketball over here. We're playing pickup games of football and just wanted to play. Everyone wants to be a footballer when they grow up.
0: That's crazy. I, I mean, I've seen the movies and I've heard from you, obviously, when we've talked about it when I was at IUPUI. But like, yeah, like you said, like here in America, it's like basketball on every street. Like, in England, bro, like, that's sick. That's mad. Like, that's how kids get good. I mean, as you see, like, the English players that are good, you know the guys that grew up playing on the street because they have the moves. Like, Raheem Sterling, he said in interviews, like, he played, what is it, cage? Like, cage soccer? Yeah,
1: cages, yeah.
0: He said he played cage, and, like, you can see on the field, like, how he moves, how he shifts, like, how he gets his body between defenders. Like, that's just some stuff that he grew up playing on the street. But... How's, what's Reading like? Give us a brief... What's Reading like? How was it growing up there?
1: Reading, Reading is like a, a smaller town. It's about an hour drive from London, 20 minutes on the train. Um, it, it gives you a bit of, bit of both worlds, well being kind of like a city, but kind of like the suburbs. and It it kind of has everything you need, but it has that small town feel. Um, it has the local football club, like soccer team, which uh, obviously has a good good academy and good uh, outlets to try and get players seen. Um, I grew I grew up there and went to school there. Um, my families all grew up there and uh, all went to school there as well. So, I mean, it's definitely different to Indy. You know, it's different to the States. It, it's definitely a bit more green than in the area that I'm at right now. It's more trees and everything, but it's uh it, it was definitely where i think of when i when i when I think
0: of hope yeah that's awesome yeah you're in indy i mean you're living in the heart of indianapolis you are in the big city um i mean, I mean i'm mean, i sure we'll get into about the, the how it was your first impression coming to indy um we came in together as freshmen um so we can talk about that as well but talk to me about how does it work obviously you grew up playing in the reading academy when did they came knocking on your door what was the process of growing up playing in Reading's academy
1: so it started off when i was about nine and uh, i went to like a fun day which the community runs at Reading, and i was yeah it was just a lot of different goalkeepers and would they just try and you know have a good time with the kids and try and teach them something and then at the end of one of the days one of the coaches came up to me and said hey, can you go get your mum? I'd like to speak to you. And I said, okay, fine. I hope I haven't done anything wrong. So I go and get my mum and uh, the coach says, listen, we like we like what we see. At
0: the moment, we'd like to bring him into our development centre and, and see how it does.
1: See how Quinn does and we'll shoot you an email and, and, and it'll give you the details of where to be and when to go. So I went along to the development centre for about four months I then got moved up to the advanced center for about two months and then there was a six-week trial at the academy by the time I was I was 10 at the time I had my 10th birthday had a six-week trial and at the end of the six-week trial um the uh, head of goalkeeping at the academy came up to me and my mum and said we'd like to sign him I signed a two-year contract youth contract at the time um just to say that I was playing for Reading um came into the group at U11 with two other goalkeepers there. And then by U12, um, both the other goalkeepers have been released because they realized that I was better than the both of them and that they'd like to focus you know, more on, on me playing.
0: Jeez. That's mad. I mean, everyone that is listening to this podcast, I'm sure, um, has seen videos of all the youth guys – example Mason Mount I, I remember an interview with him he signed when he was like six years old to Chelsea like that's mad to me like that happens I mean obviously they developed you well by hands down you're the best school I've ever played with I mean they're unreal with your feet you make crazy saves you're not the tallest guy you're just yeah. a, you're an athlete I mean how was it day in and day out seeing the first team guys I'm sure you did training on like unreal pitches getting that exposure how was that growing up, and how did it lead to your teenage years?
1: Yeah, so it was crazy. I remember we would train um, almost every day in the evenings after school when I was when I was younger. By the time I got into my teenage years, we uh we all moved schools as an academy age group, so that there was fourteen of us all at the same high school, so that we could train and go to school every day. Um, usually twice a day uh, for two years, when I was 15 and 16. um, We were training more than the first team at that point. Um, We were training at Hogwood, which was our training ground. Um, We would be four pitches over from the first team guys. You know, when I was there, which was when I was U12, U13, you know, Reading was in the Premier League. So we had, you know, big players coming in, big players getting signed, training. Being around them, being around the first team coaches, you know, they were always ta- always taking an interest in the academy guys, and you know, just having the facilities, you know, having grass that looked like carpet, having goalkeeping training every day, you know, it develops you as a player, and it definitely helped me get to where I am today. And being given the facilities and the resources, I was.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shows. If any of you guys can watch Quinn at some point, I mean, this dude is crazy in goal. We, my friend, our freshman year. We didn't have the best team, but Quinn cupped us in every game that we won, and that is me being dead serious. You need to own up to it. I mean, we get shot on 50 times. You're making all the saves. We're winning these matches 1-0. Like, you were the guy for us our my freshman year when I was there. Um but the big thing that is in your bio at IUPUI, what we talked about a lot when I was with you traveling, what was it like playing your U14? I think it was what your a Nike League Cup or something, and you were playing in Wembley Stadium. Talk to me about the emotions of walking out on Wembley. I mean, me being an American growing up, I always dreamed of playing in Wembley. I can't even imagine being an English kid starting in a cup final at Wembley. Talk to me about the emotions. How was it arriving? Give me all the details about that.
1: Yeah, so it started off with a a playoff tournament, which was held at St. George's Park, which is the national centre for football in England, which is where the England first team trained. Um you had the twenty top Academy teams in England that were playing a knockout tournament there. So we won our side of the knockout tournament. We beat Arsenal, we beat Man United, we beat West Brom, we beat Fulham, um to then go through to Wembley and then we had the, the, the next two days with the other half of the tournament and that was Chelsea that won theirs. I think they beat Man City in their playoff final. So, we arrive at the uh, Hilton Hotel, which is next to Wembley, the night before the game. So, we stay in this unreal hotel um, after training at Reading's first team stadium uh, that morning. We stay overnight there. We wake up. We then realise that we're going to be playing Wembley that day. Um, and then, the, the chief distributor for Nike um comes to our hotel and asks us what, what boots we're wearing, what cleats we have, um, because you're only allowed to wear a specific type on the Wembley pitch. And so we should pull out our boots, and he looks at them and he says, well, I'm not sure about those. He then pulls out 20 boxes of hypervenoms and says, here, we want you all to be wearing night cleats. And so I'm like, oh, wow. We all got fresh cleats before the game. I remember mine were blue and black hypervenoms. They went, because... No, green and black hypervenoms, because my kit was green. My gloves were black. Felt like the guy walking out. We, uh, we arrived at Wembley. We got we went through the players' entrance down into the home team dressing room. We were in the England first team dressing room. Reading's first team manager was there watching. Um, I remember warming up, seeing the pitch. I remember walking out behind the captain, standing on the pitch for the first time, looking into the crowd, like seeing my family. Looking around, trying to take it all in, thinking that only a certain number of people have been able to play on this pitch, and uh, yeah, to be in a cup final against Chelsea, which is definitely one of the best academy teams in England, was was a huge deal at the time, and probably the highest level of U14 football that you could be playing at that time. Um, we went out, we were pretty confident. We had a, we had quite an old team, you know, we had a really strong team with guys in there that. They're still playing professional now. And uh, we managed to hold on throughout the whole game. It was 0-0. We were battering them. We we were trying our best to try and get ahead. You know, I was making saves throughout the game, trying to keep us in it. We got to the last minute of injury time. And we just play a ball across the box. And there's just a guy there completely free. He smashes it in. We go 1-0 up. We have... One minute left in the game, we see it out. We we are absolutely crazy after after winning that. You know, not many people get to see that they've lifted a trophy at Wembley. Um, I'm already ecstatic. You know, having kept a clean sheet, having gone the win. We go into the locker room, and then the rain. First team manager comes down, and there's a video of this on Wembley uh, on YouTube where he, he literally says to me about the saves I made and how good they were and how people only really remember it's the people that score the goals, but you know, it's the ones that's, that, that keep them out that are as important too.
0: That's mad. That had to stick with you forever, bro. Like that's something that like, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You're playing in Wembley, a clean, clean sheet, and you lift the trophy in Wembley. And you're in the training room. And you beat Chelsea. You Mason Mount. You're probably playing against Mason Mount that game.
1: Uh, Ream Brewster played that game. You guys. He's know from Chelsea's academy. He grew up on Chelsea's academy. Ream was there, and a kid called Jonathan Panzo, who he got he transferred from Chelsea to Monaco, and I think he just signed somewhere else now.
0: My lord, that's an unreal story. That's crazy. Yeah, you you're what, fifteen or fourteen that age? Fourteen. 14 doing that. That's crazy. Oh, my days. So, what was it like? I, obviously, that's, like, the top, like, you, there's nothing that's going to beat that. Maybe you win a national championship here in America, but, like, I mean, that's crazy. But what was it like? Um, I, You were 14 then, so how was it like? What is it like in England? Like, you, you play. If you're good enough, you get signed to a pro contract maybe, right? But for your... You went on a different route. You came to America. You signed with IEPUI. How did that come about?
1: So when I was about 16, the academy were, were telling me that, you know, the first team manager, he wants goalkeepers that are over six foot. And obviously I'm not. So straight away, there wasn't a lot that the academy side could do to try and get me a contract. So that's where I had to start thinking about other ways that I could continue playing soccer. Um, Part of that journey was thinking about trialing at other clubs. I went into a few. They had the same view of wanting someone over six foot. I understood that that would be a common theme. So then I turned my attention to sports programs at really, really competitive boarding schools because I knew that they had the money to facilitate decent soccer players, give them very good facilities and have links overseas. So that's where I sought out a boarding school called Bradfield College, um, where I spent two years. Um, in my first year, uh, it was a lot of learning. And then in my second year, I was made captain of the team. We won a high school national championship. We won our high school league um, in the South of England. and. After playing there, it was around um, February time, I get an email from. after I decided that going to America was kind of my main plan, saying that, you know, they were interested in getting a goalkeeper out there and would I be interested in the school? And of which I replied, like, yes, I'm interested, you know, I want to explore all my options, Let me see like what you can offer. Let me see if it fits in with what I want. And and that's how it it started.
0: So that's crazy that that can happen over in England, right? So like here in America, you probably have no option to go overseas. It's either you're going to college and playing soccer or you're signing a homegrown contract. Like a podcast I've had before, people, Jeremiah Gutierrez explained how in America the you know you play soccer for an academy team here in the MLS and then you can get a homegrown contract but like in your case you had options right so you you like you said you saw out all your options that you can have and you picked ultimately the best one that was for you um how was it like how did you feel signing to IUPUI um and how how was it making the transition from being in England your whole life now you're a 17 18 year old and you're coming over to America with the, for, for the first time
1: yeah, so it was it was definitely a big decision because I knew IAPL's record before I came. You know, they weren't in the best shape. I knew it was a program rebuilding itself. I knew that I would come in and probably have a really good chance of playing. So that was my main focus of, you know, finding somewhere that I could just play. I just wanted to play games because I knew as long as I, as I was in the team, I'd make the team better. So that was the main attraction of IAPY. Um I knew it was good academically was also which was also a massive part for me um, and then once I had signed and everything was processed and it was official that I was going to come I flew over with my parents and just got this massive I guess shock when I came off the plane just not being used to anything in America um, I remember the first time I crossed the road I looked the wrong way 'Cause cars drive on the other side. I remember stepping off the plane just feeling this humid Indianapolis air, which was just different to to what I was normally used to in in England. And I mean, there was there was a lot of differences, but I definitely still think I'm still still making sure that it's definitely the right decision and making sure I'm making the most of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a leap of faith. You did a leap of faith. You're leaving your home country, you're leaving your home area coming miles and miles and miles away across the pond over here to america and in indianapolis which is a city that's also very hard to transition to right like you're not in a college town you're in an actual city environment i was there with you obviously like i said before we were freshmen together um what, what were your first impressions when we started playing what was the difference in in footy from american soccer over to english soccer what was the biggest difference that you saw with the players the game of, the, the pace of the game and and so on
1: uh, I think that the main difference was you know what I was used to was people that lived and breathed soccer and every training session was like them trying to earn a new contract. Um, so the intensity of it, I would say was higher in England. The technical ability of players was higher in England. Um, the pace of the ball was higher in England. Um, and the definitely the philosophy of play. As well, the way that football was spoken about and how important it was to people was was very different in England. Um, over here, you definitely see that they like to use soccer as a way of developing people more. They like to use soccer as um, a way of bringing people together from different places. Um, I know that they use they use soccer and they use um strength training and fitness testing and everything to to make sure that people are in the best shape possible as well so that um when they don't have the ball they're able to work just as hard as when they do um I definitely think that there's definitely a more focused um, approach on the sports conditioning and sports uh, athletic training as well over here is a lot better um but yeah at the style of play you know i was used to playing out the back, being comfortable, being on the halfway line, making passes with everyone, transition that to coming here. And it, there was a lot more, you know, wanting to go forward as quickly as possible and trying to get the ball in the other half and, and then trying to play from
0: there. So it was different styles, but both can be equally as effective. Yeah. You, you touched on it. I mean, I'm a huge soccer head. I w- I've watched Prim going up like, yeah, playing out of the back is never really an option for a lot of colleges in America. Luckily, my team here at USI we love to play out of the back. We love to play with our keeper. So if you want to transfer, I got you. But um, no. So tell me, how was it transitioning in Indianapolis? I mean, you flew in. I was with you. We were from together. How was it like, like in Indianapolis? I mean, it's a it's busy all the time. Um, the food is a little expensive and it's not the healthiest area for food. So talk to me, how was it like experiencing new restaurants, experiencing new drinks, new people? You had a new team. I mean, how was everything in that perspective?
1: Yeah, so it was really different coming from England. Like the food tastes different over here. The drinks taste different. There's a number of
0: different sweets that you see over here that you don't get back in England. Um, even though like Parade and we
1: have Lucas aid back in England. Yeah. it's, it's not like
0: Lucas aid. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole world of different things over here, which definitely took me a while to get used to. It took me a while to figure out what, what I liked over here compared to England. Um, Indianapolis when I first came here, it seems huge, um, compared to where I was used to living. Um, you're kind of thrown in the thick of it just basically being downtown. Um, and yeah it was joining a new team it wasn't something i was used to i spent two years with a, with a high school team that i would grown so close with and then i was with a completely new team where i was no longer the oldest i had guys that were like over four years older than me so it was trying to
0: yeah same gavin
1: good exactly sam gavin and uh you're trying to create a good impression with your class and get close to them but also gain the respect of the older players so it's definitely a tough journey especially coming from overseas even sometimes there's a language barrier trying to talk to people and trying to get them to understand what you're trying to say uh it can it can be tough but i mean when i came here the guys the guys were all really interested with, with what i had to say and and my background so that was a huge plus
0: um yeah especially me i was picking your brain right away i want to know everything
1: <laughs> yeah especially you and then um you know, soccer soccer's always there for you. So that's that was always my coping mechanism. Whenever I missed home, or whenever I missed anything about England, you know, I knew that I could always just go and play soccer, and we were going to have practice, and I could just forget everything I was worried about because you know I had I always had the ball there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's what the game's for, right? You, it feels like home. That's our second home. The, the pitch is literally our second home. And everyone's perspective, if they look at it differently, at the end of the day, it is. Um, th- talk to me about. You know, you put me onto music, English rap, English music. What do you like to do outside of soccer? I mean, in England, what'd you do? What what were you you and your friends doing on weekends when you weren't having soccer? And then what, what are you doing now when you don't have soccer here in the States?
1: Yeah, so when we were back home, you know, me and my friends, we would be eating out at restaurants a lot. Nando's was a big spot. Um, if we weren't playing if we weren't training with our team, sometimes we go play pickup. Just with the guys, um, a lot of times it would just be going to the cinemas, just being around them. Obviously, when you're in England and uh, you can go a lot of places when you're when you're 18, so that's a big help if you want to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, and then when I was, you know, when I was 17, 18, at boarding school. Um, if I ever stayed there on the weekends, you know, you'd learn about a lot of different people because. If you're there on the weekend, you're probably an international. So sometimes, you know, I create a really good friendship with a kid from Hong Kong um, and learning about a lot about where he came from and his background, um, which was really cool. And then aside from that, if you're if you're asking about music, you got the English rap, which will, uh, which is still on the playlist. I'm trying to get the boys into over here. It's it's a bit of a challenge for some of them, but Stormzy, Skepta. Giggs, Wiley, hey. Jamie, AJ Tracy. Hey, I'm gonna AJ. tell I'm gonna
0: tell everyone that listens to this top this uh top Benz podcast right now. English <laughs> rap gives American rap a run for its money, bro. You put me on when I was at IUPUI. That's like two and a half years ago, and I still really? bump my English rap every day. Like it's just the oh, thing. Yeah.
1: It's different. It's different. You gotta you gotta give it you gotta
0: give it a few lessons to try and understand it. But Oh absolutely it's not even about
1: what they're saying sometimes. It's just about you know, it's about the beat and it's about the feel and the flow. So it's
0: no, definitely
1: worth a lesson.
0: Yeah. What do you what do you like to do outside of soccer when you're here in the States tonight? I mean, uh we hung out occasionally. I mean, when I was IPO I lived in an apartment. You lived on campus in the dorms, but what do you like to do now? You're a little bit older. You've been adapted to Indianapolis and in America. What do you like to do now that you're outside of soccer? And soccer isn't even going on right now because of COVID. We'll get into that in a second. But what do you like to do outside of soccer right now?
1: Yeah. So if I'm not playing soccer now, you know we have a we have a gym at my apartment complex. You know I'm lifting a lot. I do a lot of jump rope as well, trying to keep stay powerful. Um, this summer especially, I've been looking a lot into my nutrition. Um, speaking to guys about what I should be eating, how I can track that, how I can improve that, reading about that, also doing more reading. I'm reading two books right now about mindset and about leadership. So trying to Im- improve what I can do for others and how I can improve myself um, when I'm not always thinking about improvement and, and soccer, you know, it, it, being here, you know, we're, we're around a lot of other athletes, so seeing friends that you don't see all the time. You know, normally, normal summers, I'd go home, so I wouldn't have seen them for a long time. So it's just about about being around them when possible and when safe. Um, you know, we have a pool here, so hanging out by the pool, trying to grill out, they're the main things. And then, you know, it's, it's about enjoying people's company. You know, we, we want to play and we want to train all the time, but sometimes the best way to get to know someone or, or get better is, is by doing less. Yeah, we're taking that time, that's, taking that
0: risk. That's very well said. That's very, very well said. I mean, I miss. I mean, we grew really close together. You came over for Thanksgiving. We, uh, when you didn't go home, you had Thanksgiving with my family, with Seth Vang and Sean Siassia, which were two of our teammates that are no longer with the program, like myself. But um, I mean, you adapted very well. I never saw you complain. I never saw you really ask a ton of questions about America. You adapted very well. I was very impressed of how well you did it. I mean, you're a very smart guy. You're intelligent. You take your schooling very serious. Um, what are you studying at IUPUI? What are you looking to get a degree in?
1: So right now I'm in exercise science. Um, I'm about half a semester ahead. And then hoping if a uh, pro career doesn't work out, going to chiropractic school afterwards.
0: Oh, I'll be coming to you a lot if you do that. Yeah. i'm gonna need that but um yeah how's covid treating you i know this summer was a bit tricky um if i'm correct i don't believe you went home because of it how was that not going home this summer i'm sure you miss your family miss your friends back in england but what what is going on with the covid situation at iepui
1: yeah so right now um yeah it's uh, it's been a long summer of being in indy um unfortunately i i stayed here and and took the chance of possibly being able to play in the USL over the summer. Um, That was no longer a possibility, but I could only find that out at the end of summer. So, um, throughout the whole uh, process of COVID, I was uh, living in a house off campus and every day, every night, every afternoon, running, doing bodyweight workouts, trying to stay ready for if a USL team called or just getting ready for the season, if it would come. Unfortunately, no USL team came knocking, the season was cancelled. So now at IUPUI we're we're in cohort trainings, which means uh, no contact and you're only allowed to practice with people in your cohort at certain times throughout the day and we can only lift um, at certain times throughout the day um when the strength coaches are available to
0: to watch us yeah it's crazy covid my last podcast we talked about it a little bit like the impact on it is just mad like you can't do much of soccer right now like you have to keep it low-key you have to be safe obviously everyone's safety is the number one priority right now um how are the parents doing back home i'm sure you're facetiming them uh, very often um, how is everything back in England with your family?
1: So back in England, everyone's good. You know, my family have been staying safe. Um, the, 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 best part is that my parents are retired, so they don't have to run the risk of getting exposure in the workplace. Um, my brother who works in London, um, he's recently had colleagues that have had some kind of exposure, so he's had to quarantine, um. They've been saying the situation in England are expecting a second wave in some places, so it's all uncertain. Even at this time, even when people have been quarantining, even when people have been trying to stay safe, they still don't know if if they're past the worst of it, and
0: and that's the toughest part. But luckily, they've they've almost even been able to stay safe, and they're
1: in a in good spirits. And I, whenever I call them or speak to them, they never want me to to hang up. They always want to want to hear something else about what what I've been doing. So. That's always encouraging, and it's, it's always great to hear from them and what they're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, I know you're a big family guy. They came over multiple times our freshman year and watched you play. Um, I'm glad everyone's safe over there right now. I hope everyone stays safe. Um, who was your sporting hero growing up, Quinn? I, I don't know if I ever asked you that. Who would you look up to in England as a, as a footballer?
1: So when I was growing up, um, I uh, didn't like them as a team, but I like this guy. Uh, it was uh, Van der Sar on Man United. <laughs>
0: Quinn's an Arsenal supporter, and we, we banter back and forth all the time about United <laughs> and Arsenal. That's funny.
1: Yeah, so uh, my parents, for my first pair of gloves, got me a pair of Adidas ones, and they were red. And uh, I remember just seeing Van der Sar wearing them, and I was like, wow, I'm going to be like him when I grow up. And then the next pair were these white and black ones like he had. and That was when uh, they played Chelsea in the Champions League final and he saved like three PKs. And yeah, like, in
0: 2008? Yeah. Yeah, when United won the Champions League, baby. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Exactly. So I, I thought, wow, this guy, he's, he's he's such a good person off the field. He's a beast when he plays. He's so calm. You, you rarely hear about anyone
0: you know, saying about him making a mistake or him playing badly. So I thought that was the ultimate goal is, you know, being just consistent. You know, you never have to make
1: every save spectacularly. It's just making all of the saves that you're meant to make. And uh, luckily, um, a couple of years ago, when I had a shoulder injury in the National Cup final for my high school, um, uh, somehow one of the guys on the team, managed to get a, a message from him sent to me um the day after i had an x-ray on my shoulder just wishing me a speedy speedy recovery and uh and, and good health which was which was awesome because it was a video message so that actually him pretty like almost him talking to me so that was awesome
0: that is that's crazy yeah that's that's phenomenal i mean yeah i want him to call me like <laughs> come on that's that's crazy um yeah we've pretty much hit everything let's talk about a little bit about Premier League um I need to know what is Arsenal up to right now if you know anything.
1: Arsenal just signed a center back 19 year old he uh, he just played against MK Dons uh he played pretty well so I'm hopeful that he can he can be a rock back there because David Luiz has been pretty shaky Socrates needs to get get kicked out and uh we we need a we need some youth and some experience mix in the back, so he'll he'll be good to, yeah. to come in.
0: Hopefully, I mean, yeah, your back line's pretty shite right now. In my in my honest opinion, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, last year you guys were so shaky in the back. Um, I I got Quinn some tickets to an Indy Eleven game uh, when I was interning. That's the last time I saw Quinn. Um, I miss Man Like Quinn, man. Come on. <laughs> and when I'm... I mean, what's what's IEPY doing? Are you guys going back in November? Like, going home?
1: Yeah. We're, we're off as soon as Thanksgiving break.
0: Are you going uh, home?
1: I don't know. There's so much uncertainty. I don't know if, if I fly home, if I'll be able to come back, or, or what the situation will be. So I'm pretty much just going to leave it as late as possible to decide Yeah. when I'm going home and then when I'm flying back here.
0: That's smart. Maybe... Uh... Thanksgiving with the Quivies, part two, maybe.
1: Part two, maybe.
0: Yeah, we still have your teapot, bro.
1: <laughs> Probably all the tea as well.
0: We do, yeah. I had a, I had a couple cups when you left because I was like, this is kind of good.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, it needs to, needs to become bigger over here.
0: Yeah, Quinn put me on the tea with a little bit of milk and the honey. It's not bad. Oh, yeah. It's That's not the, bad.
1: The dream tea.
0: Yeah. But no, Quinny, appreciate you coming on, man. I miss you like crazy. Miss training with you. Miss just talking with you off the field. Um, Yeah. I hope COVID clears up. So like both of us have a season, but who knows? I mean, as long as we're staying safe, that's what we need to keep doing. Um, Yeah. We will, we'll talk occasionally. Um, Maybe have you on again if we have a season just to see how you're doing about everything, um, how the team's doing, how you're doing individually um i wish you the best of luck i know you're looking to have some pretty high goals for yourself after you're done with college um i think you'll reach them i think you got all the potential for it you just got to keep at it i mean you got the mental side of it so you're good man you just got to keep keep grinding keep doing your thing here in the states and uh yeah Quinny, thanks for coming on
1: thank you thank you for having me so it's been been
0: unreal sharing stories absolutely anytime anytime all right guys that's quinn mccallion um you can look him up look him up on instagram um look him up on youtube he has a little highlight tape so give him a look um quinn shout out to you thanks for coming on all right guys this is top ends episode 11 uh hope you guys enjoy this one been one of my favorites so far and as always this is sponsored by saturday.seltters thank you